0: Yeah. It's time for Rescuers, the show about people who change and save lives, sponsored by RC Auto. Me and MyRC.com. Now, here's your
1: host, Art Brooks.
0: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the inaugural Rescuers program. And I couldn't have a more appropriate guest to kick this thing off, which is going
1: to last forever, right? I well, I've been Henry Rojas. To more inappropriate guests, so that's that's <laughs> gracious of you. <laughs> no it's, it's
0: it's it's truly appropriate today even wherever we go, right? Mm. So uh Henry uh I can't help myself but start off with um long time ago. Mm-hmm. I sound like a, a, a Star Wars <laughs> uh a long far away long time ago, Henry was the original gorilla for the Phoenix Suns, mm-hmm. and and look where you are today. Where am I? You had a lot of black <laughs> hair back then. I did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so you enlightened uh, millions of people over 10 years you were there, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then since then, it's been a great story that you've been building in your life, and mm-hmm. God has been... Been uh, saying, "Come on, Henry, let's yeah. go," and um, and so we wouldn't hear all about that. But anything about the remembrances of the gorilla?
1: Well, um, <clears throat> the relationship between the gorilla character and uh, the Phoenix area and the NBA was truly. A phenomenon i think for both sides and for the sun's organization and um and it was it was such a unique thing i uh, because of the satire and the parody that had never been done in the nba uh, before and then being the first mascot to actually travel outside its own team and perform in other arenas um and But personally, uh, all the wonderful moments and experiences that I shared with the fans and that stage uh, really prepared me uh, as it taught me about mask wearing in our culture and our individual lives and uh, how our identity uh, that we create in order to perform and to be a part and to belong and to uh, get applause uh, can deceive us. Uh, and then we come to a place where we have to find out who we really are without it.
0: Absolutely. Now, I want to move to that in just a moment, Mm -hmm. but were you the first NBA mascot?
1: No, I mean, there were mascots. I would say I was the first entertainer that wore a costume (laughs) Um, because uh, uh, the entertainment part of it uh, was something that I did from a young child uh, and wanted to be able to entertain in, in my life later on, I just never expected it would be uh, inside of a suit and a mask that I would un- <laughs> be unable to show my face and to speak. Um, so I was having to uh, to entertain and perform and carry a message without speaking. And, um, and so it was uh, uh, it was, a, it was a, I would say it was the first uh, uh, entertainment mascot in the NBA. And what a legacy, mm-hmm. huh? Because you set the,
0: the bar for for all the all to
1: follow. Well, I kind of got it. It also was ruined because uh, mascots weren't able to be as free to engage fans and to engage officials to engage players because they tried to duplicate it, but they weren't necessarily entertainers, and they got themselves in trouble. They crossed uh-huh. boundaries. They didn't have a sense of timing, um, and they ended up drawing a line. Uh, be after i left on what mascots
0: were allowed to do i wish i could say i've never been in trouble for getting across outside the line
1: <laughs> <laughs> i i usually I'm went very
0: good at it I, I
1: usually went so close to the line that none of us could figure out if i actually did something wrong or not
0: <laughs> did he just do that <laughs> so i want to move on from that with where you uh, stopped there for a moment and that is uh the mask came off
1: yes and what happened then Oh, that's uh, a continuation of the journey of uh, walking away. One of the things I've learned even most recently is, you know, we can start something. Um, We can create uh, jobs. We can create personas. We can create great work and success. Um, But I'm finding that it's much more difficult to walk away from something Mm -hmm. than it is to start something and create something, whether it's a toxic relationship. Uh, whether it's a a long uh, occupation, yeah. um, whether it is uh, an addiction, yes. to walk away from it uh, takes great courage because it threatens the who am I uh, question. And so to walk away from it, I didn't know that it would ever turn into being able to identify with those who struggle with alcohol, who struggle with uh, drugs, who struggle with um, – uh, anorexia eating disorders. But also, you know, early on, I was working with celebrities and athletes in confidence because of their identity struggles. Wow. Uh, so to be able to walk alongside and it, and it unfolded something I was unfamiliar with, but I had been doing in that spiritual direction which is a whole new uh, name for for discernment and companioning somebody as they listen to God's voice in the deep of their soul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I can, I can identify with the uh, occupational
0: part because for the last year and almost a year and a half, I've been sitting on the sideline yeah. after being in this business uh, for 47 years and 30 of that in one job, and all of a sudden – there's nothing there yeah the money goes away you you don't you don't know where to turn and and recreating that um, I can't imagine same way I'm seeing with people acting right now in COVID. yeah we're seeing the bad we're seeing the good but um, you, during that time I can't imagine being without faith mm-hmm I can't imagine being grounded in that faith and allowing it to grow in that space of where I was going Mm -hmm. and where you've been, right? Mm -hmm. So the next chapter for you, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you jumped immediately or took some time, but um, you ended up as a counselor Mm -hmm. in the field of addiction.
1: Yes, I was actually uh, uh, early in my early days uh, pre-guerrilla and post-guerrilla days. Uh, I was working in uh, treatment facilities in boys' homes, and I was a counselor in that in that role, looking at that environment where uh, young young boys were being placed for uh, behavior disorders, cog- you know, uh, conduct disorder. They had to label it in order so the behavioral health system would diagnose them, give them a uh, a label a diagnosis. And the only reason why you get a diagnosis like that is so that insurance will pay for it. So even bad behavior becomes conduct disorder. That way you can deal with it in the mental health area. Wow! So the label started early and understanding and observing that in boys' homes, moving from boys' homes to um, developing a family program where we did family systems work and finding out that it's the stories in our lives that really make a difference. It's not the events but the meanings. We attach those stories, and then I started a nonprofit called Life Stories. Go from Life Stories, take a little break, end up at um, Cass uh, Homeless Shelter, and worked as a case manager, community relations director for learning learning to work alongside the margins of the homeless, mm-hmm. um, going from that to uh, Ramuda Ranch, a treatment facility for women with eating disorders as director of Christian Girl Services, and oversaw speakers and musicians coming and sharing Christ in that environment. Uh, and then uh, Calvary, uh, which I am, this is my last Day on campus at today is today is, uh, and um, and I worked and learned uh, with addictions uh, where of substance abuse, alcohol, and drugs. Uh, I am not an alcoholic or a drug addict, but I did begin to realize that uh, we all have an addiction. Mm-hmm. You know, the word uh, in Latin for addiction is "addicto," and it it means to be enslaved by something, and we become enslaved by other things. It doesn't have to be drugs and alcohol. And uh, so now I am embarking on uh, broadening it outside the walls of Calvary and including all of my past and experiences, both gorilla masked wearing, unmasked, um, uh, and seeing that we are all the same. We all struggle uh, with identity issues. And we can learn a lot for those who have struggled with drugs and alcohol.
0: Now, wait a minute. You walked into this building with a mask on.
1: Yes, I did. <laughs> a COVID-19 mask. <laughs> you know what, though? I actually yeah. wrote on in my blog, which anybody can go to com. Uh, I'll be doing a lot more writing now. But the very first blog I wrote was The Urgency to Be Myself. And I said, for the first time, everybody in the world gets to see what it's like to wear a mask. <laughs> and you feel... Yeah. It's difficult. You feel like you're suffocating sometimes. It feels like you can't communicate a smile or a frown or something to others. You uh, feel odd in public. Now everyone knows what I felt unless I was in performance mode. So you actually have to say I'm smiling at you right now. Yeah, like I did when we first saw each other. I'm actually smiling and happy to see you right now. But it is causing us to have to like communicate with our eyes. Yeah and communicate with our heart. And that's what I had to do inside the gorilla suit because the only thing you could actually see on my body when I was performing was my actual eyes. You know, I I know what you're talking about because going to
0: a supermarket or uh, wherever, I'll I'll use that example because I I go to the supermarket, and um, you try to say I'm smiling and – I I don't see it in their eyes. I don't see any happiness. I don't, you can tell. There's fear. You can tell. And, and and you, you, we're at a point where I think deep enough into this that we can tell a difference of fear or I'm okay.
1: Yes. And I think that there are, there are many people that are wanting to connect and longing for it, but we wait for the other one to do it, but we don't we're afraid they're going to violate the space or the social distancing. And 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 I've found that when I go to the grocery store now, I intentionally try to make eye contact with people because I realize how difficult it is, rather than waiting for them or seeing it in their eyes, being able to show some compassion without mm. voice. Yeah. And it's a real challenge to do it with just with your eyes. I've tried to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And
0: Henry, if you don't mind, we're going to break for just a moment. Sure. I'll be right back. One of my greatest joys in life has been obtaining a vehicle from RC Auto. Yes, I said a joy in reference in buying or leasing a vehicle instead of walking onto a car dealership lot and facing a horde of vultures waiting for you. You are invited into a calm, friendly office where you will be asked things like, What have you been driving? What are you looking for? What is your budget? That's when the car buying or leasing experience changes into an easy educational experience. RC Auto is not a typical car or truck dealership, so they have the advantage of seeking different brands like Toyota, Lexus, Subaru, and more from a broad selection that sources that you never have to visit or arm wrestle a salesperson for. The joy is not being sold, but educated into the right decision for you. For your next vehicle, go to RC Auto, where it's more than just an exchange of keys. It's a relationship. Make an appointment today at meandmyrc.com. I'm back.
1: Hi, Art. (laughs) (laughs) This this seems so natural because we've... Done some of these things before with you, so it's nice to be comfortable. And you make it comfortable. Well, I'm— fr- uh, well, congratulations on what's going on with you right now in this program. I'm thrilled to death for you. I can't
0: even explain to you what my heart was doing before walking into the <laughs> studio today. And you've been in the studio before. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I had a program of my own in uh, around 2000 1999 uh, called I Am on the Radio. So it feels very homey, right here at Faith Talk. Yeah, 1360. So um, uh, yeah, I. I and I
0: once, my wife and I were talking about this once, and uh, whenever, if if anybody with any kind of talent wants to get up in front of people, whether it's a talk or whatever, stand on your head or do tricks, if you don't have something going on in your belly or in your heart flooding around, something is mm-hmm. wrong. Mm-hmm. And
1: I had that this morning, mm-hmm. and I thought, uh, but, but right now. Yes. Well, you know what's interesting is that when I when I was performing, um that that natural nervous energy was much different for me i was lying on the floor of the dressing room sick to my stomach for fear that i was going to bomb tonight that maybe i wouldn't get the applause tonight maybe this was going to be the night i blow it and now without the mask and speaking to large groups and uh you know i started telling my guerrilla story to the col- on the college circuit I have that fluttering, that nervousness, but I don't have the sickness that I felt before. And it's because it's an expression out of who I am, instead of an obligation to be something I'm not. Yes, and that's that's the difference. Yeah. And when you find what you love and you're doing what you enjoy, you get nervous <laughs> because you, you you're just it's that. But but to be to not have to get sick of being something you're not yeah. um, is is a is a freedom. Right, right.
0: So um, more than counselor to addictions, Mm -hmm. you went on to become much more than that. You were a chaplain, and a matter of fact, at Calvary, you even had the title of spiritual director,
1: I think? Yeah, the, the original title was pastor. And what I found was in that Calvary Healing Center, they used that title quite a bit where it was just a visiting pastor would come in and and, and do some services and that kind of thing. But it developed into a position. What I found was that people who did not have a belief, a faith, or believed differently – because of the role pastor, the title pastor, mm-hmm. felt as the stereotype. I'm not going to see a pastor. You know, I'm yeah. I'm I'm Jewish or I'm an atheist or whatever. But what they started to find out eventually is it was welcoming to them. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, I'm not pastor to only the ones that identify as Christian. I'm a, I'm pastor 12. So we changed it to chaplain. But then I realized chaplain sounds more like a crisis hospital. Mm. Uh, so hospice. Then I found out that spiritual direction was a real thing, which means spiritual direction is not crisis-driven like pastoral counseling or therapy. A spiritual director joins with you in the discernment of your calling of God that is deep within you and is a witness to it. Not my telling you how you ought to believe, but what are you being drawn to and called to from the inside out. And that turned into a whole other deal. And I just finished the two-year program with Stillpoint in spiritual direction, uh, graduating uh, at 62. Uh, <laughs> and it really named what I had been doing for 25 years, that it's a real thing. And uh, and so, yeah, it is, it's an exciting thing to uh, talk less and listen more. Well— We're coming to the final ten minutes of the show
0: and I can't I I need to go to the next level Mm. where you took all of those tools and your your walk with the Lord and and all of those gifts and talents that you have and you put it into a group called the Community of the Wild
1: Goose. Yes. Yes. What is that? (laughs) Oh, The community of the wild goose is one quirky group of people, let me tell you. And um, uh, just if I can tell you how it started, um, there was a young man uh, named John who uh, both parents uh, uh, ministers – um, he was a firstborn uh, perfectionist. He was wanting to please God, get it right, uh, could not let go of the words in the Bible that spoke of hell, felt like in his addiction he would genuinely go to hell, oh. and just wrestled with it. And to get John to really embrace grace took a really edgy, had to take an edgy turn. It had to meet him where he was, not where he had to be in morality. When John got a hold of it, he said, Henry, people need to hear this and they need to know because there's a lot of people that would not set foot in a church Mm -hmm. because of either past spiritual abuse or their images. Um, And so the Community of the Wild Goose is a group that we started – uh, from grateful the uh, people who have been in recovery for addiction that know that there isn't any such thing as what they call normie, a person who it doesn't have an addiction. Yeah. We, all do. we all do. So it's actually grateful addicts and alcoholics that are welcoming people who don't have an addiction to substance abuse or alcohol, but need to learn the same principles of freedom and and Uh, process that 12 steps teach but without the stigma of you're going to this group or that group but our aim is in the 11th step of 12 step is making conscious contact with god so it's focused is conscious contact the aa program is is the aim is sobriety and conscious contact with God is the means. At the community of the wild goose, the means is the aim is conscious contact with the divine, and sobriety must be there as a means. And so we are about 60% people in recovery and about 40% uh, that are longing for that intimacy with God that addicts actually get. They're the luckiest people in the world if they can keep their bodies alive. So, um, so we meet. Uh, we don't take an offering. There's a cup for coffee and donuts, and we treat coffee and donuts as part. I hated it when I was young and in the Presbyterian church. I love the Presbyterian church, I was there, but I hated that coffee and donuts were the in-between thing between Sunday school and church. <laughs> so we put our donuts and coffee inside yeah. as part of the service. So we're a quirky gathering that does things so imperfectly and awkward. Yeah. And um and in it, and we meet every uh, Sunday uh, when it's not COVID. We meet every Sunday at ten forty-five at the North Mountain Visitors Center on Seventh Street in Thunderbird, and we hang out. You became
0: a purveyor of hope.
1: Well, I would like to see. I would like to think so. I believe that. You know what? I, I always tell them: we will never have a uh, a wonderful marketing strategy for drawing the average person in because it's not. Hey, we got a great worship team, or or we got a coffee shop right in the front doors. We're inviting people to suffer with us. <laughs> wow! Because it's yeah. through the suffering that we yeah. find joy. Denying ourselves, denying the ego, letting go of things, walking away from masks. You know, Paul said, I consider my present sufferings nothing in comparison to the joy that awaits me. It's through the suffering that we find joy. And
0: like Psalm 23, right? I mean, David was in the darkest of valleys, and God was right there with him the whole time yes. and brought him out of that. My my life scripture, I came to the Lord 23 years ago, and I know he went, Whew, <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot of work, man. So um, one of my one of my first life scriptures is Psalm forty ten, where he talks about, "You lifted me out of the pit, put my feet on solid ground, and put a new song in my mouth." Mm. And that that's what I hear from you, Henry. That's yeah. that's what that's a gift that you bring to those people. Well, thank
1: you, Art. You know, my mom used played piano by ear. And we were very music she didn't oriented put her family. Yeah, she played. She, <laughs> she, her ear. Yeah, I just hoped she wouldn't do it when my friends came over. Wow. You know? um, but she used to, whenever we sang, whenever I played guitar, she would always say, uh, You need to play it with heart. And uh, uh, it has it stayed with me. Anybody can play by note. But not everybody can improvise and play from the heart and the soul. And I think that the spiritual life is not about religiosity and playing by note. It's about the freedom of playing with the heart. Yeah, That's beautiful stuff. Mm. Henry,
0: I've loved visiting with you. It's been too long, man, even though we get to see each other occasionally. But I have one final question for you. Uh, Mm COVID-19 is giving everyone
1: um, a chance to create a story. Yeah. What's your final story going to be? Uh, my, my, Well, it won't be a final one. I think we are in uh, the liminal space. We're in that transition, yeah. and we're experiencing something that may only happen in our generation this time, and that is a global collective experience of everybody having the same experience at one time. What an opportunity to be able to uh, just like the mask covers our mouth, it's kind of like saying, stop talking and listen for a change. <laughs> and I, I hope and pray that we will come out of it um, different than we were entering into it. It's been
0: great being with you, my friend. And uh, I love you. You're my brother in Christ. Love you as well. And uh, everyone, this was the inaugural show of Rescuers on Faith Talk 1360. And look forward to visiting with everyone next week. Viewers, Thursdays at 5 30 Arizona time on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ AM, sponsored by RC Auto, where it's not just an exchange of keys, it's a relationship.